This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Lieber. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And a good Saturday, everybody, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by our good friends up at Chapman Ford and Jim Stevenson. Uh, Go see Chapman Ford up on the boulevard. Uh, and say hello to Jim uh, when you go into the program right into the President's Hour. It is a rarity when we have an opportunity to do back-to-back President's Hour reports, a full hour with the President of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, but we're going to do it. We did it a week ago, and we're going to do it tonight. And, Pat, I tee up the microphone to you, and a good Saturday to you, sir. Jeez, Joe, I hope they don't get tired of my voice so often. No way. (laughs) way, My my melodious voice. So, no, it's great to be here, and it's great to have that opportunity. I, I know our schedules uh, clash a little bit. It, it doesn't often happen, but uh, there's a lot going on. There's there's a lot of work going on, and, and uh, there's there's a lot of uh, discussions going on. There's, uh, uh, you know, we have this rally that's going to take place on the 15th of August. Uh, that, that's gearing up. We're having conference calls uh, o- almost daily on on getting ready, and and folks are going to come from near and far. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a situation where people should understand. And I want to make this clear. I don't even like the term rally because what we're doing, workers are taking a stand for kids and families. That's what this is about. So there's a lot of, I, you know, I understand there's a lot of discussion going on about immigrants and immigrants workers and immigrants taking people's jobs. This is about kids being put in, relatively put in cages. This is about a, a prison, if you will, up in Berks County that is taking kids from their families don't even know if they'll ever see their families again and don't even know the conditions they're being treated. So, you know, for all folks out there who are working under a collective bargaining agreement, who are working without a collective bargaining agreement and unfortunately don't have a job, keep in mind one thing we can all relate to, and that's families. You know, when, when, you, talk about, um, when you talk about kids being pulled away from their parents, you just have to stop and think for a minute about any of us that have kids, have had kids, and whoever wants to have kids and who have siblings, and think about that for a minute. Just think about how scared your child got when for a minute they couldn't find you at an amusement park or maybe just walking in a crowd. And not only that, think about your emotions when you couldn't find that child. It probably happened at one time or another every one of us. These kids are being pulled away from their parents. I don't care what the reason somebody can try to say to justify it. That is wrong. So for those folks out there who want to find all kinds of other issues about immigrant workers and who's taking our job and who's not taking a job, I happen to believe nobody could take my job because I work too hard at it, and uh, they couldn't do my job. So uh, if somebody is putting put in a place to do a job that's yours or you think is yours, take a step back again and look at who's did it, the employer. The employer hired these people. There's no immigrant workers that are working for themselves. They're hired by an employer. 
So if there's a law being broken or somebody's doing something for, for it, why do we want to take it out on, on the families and the kids? That doesn't make sense to me. And I say that to my brothers and sisters who are out there listening. hope you're out there listening. Uh, I come from the construction world. I know about people thinking somebody's taking our job. I know about Toll Brothers putting an article in the paper about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, bragging about using immigrant workers to build their houses, getting $7, $8 an hour, foremen getting maybe $10, $11 an hour, and, by the way, selling their houses anywhere from a million, for half a million to a million dollars. So when we want to talk about somebody taking your job, take a look at Toll Brothers. Take a look at the people doing this. But this is not about that. That's a day for another argument. It's not about who's, who's here and who's taking your job. This is about kids that are being pulled away from their parents and locked up. And there's no better way to say it. These kids are being put relatively in cages. So you want to stop and think before you talk about what. I'm going to tell you what. This rally that's coming up, and I, again, I, I hate the word rally for this because there's been a lot of rallies and a lot of good people doing good work for their issues. This is about working people standing up for these families and for these kids. That's what this is about. It'll culminate in a prayer that maybe the people in this country who are running this country right now will see the, way, the wrong of their ways and stop doing what they're doing. If you're going to lock them up, at least lock them up as a family, for crying out loud. Don't pull them away. So, you know, I'm, uh, Joe and Joe, I can't say it any clearer than that. We're coming together with uh, thousands of people on the 15th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to be at Penn's Landing. We already know folks are coming in from other parts of the uh, East Coast. We have uh, uh, at least three or four other states that are going to have folks come in. I expect the labor movement here in Philadelphia and other working people, not just those with collective bargaining, not just those with the union, coming together at 4 o'clock on the 15th to tell the president of this country and other people that this is not what you do in America. You don't lock kids up and you don't separate families. And that's what that's about. And at the end of the day, instead of a rat or something else that, that has no significance in this issue, we'll, we'll finish up with a prayer. We'll finish up with a prayer and hope that things get better, that this doesn't have to continue the way it's continuing. So, um, God, I, you know, I don't know how much clearer I can say that. It's a, it's a, it's working people for families and kids. Ten days from today is when that gathering will occur uh, on Wednesday uh, the 15th. It's uh, president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding. It's a one-hour special uh, with Pat today. I say hello to J-Doc, who's been uh, patiently waiting to j uh, chime in. Uh, J-Doc, hello, and welcome into the program. Nice well, to have you. Obviously great to be here, and Pat couldn't have said it better. Uh, thank you for your sentiments. Um, this is uh, the, the um, union community. Um, standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves. This is not a union issue. It's not a political issue. It's a human issue. And all people should be involved. You can't say it any better than what Pat just said. I mean, if you're, if you're, you're on a boardwalk, your little one leaves go, your hand next thing you know, I'm talking and, you know, a uh, half a second, you're totally panicked. These these kids are getting taken and put in, in, in cages with other people. I don't, even to, I don't even know what the details are in regards to age groups. How many, you know, kids are in there with, you know, two-year-old kids in with 15-year-old. I don't know. But my point is, 
um, this this is organized labor standing up for those who can't stay. This isn't uh, who can't stand up for themselves. Not a union issue. This isn't something that is going to uh, affect our collective bargaining or or, or our or, or our um, livelihood on a daily basis. Although, whenever you talk about immigrants, obviously some individuals stand up, and if they if they're not educated on the situation, you know, people don't you know people panic and oh, they're going to be taking our jobs. Let me tell you something. This is about the kids. This is about, you know, people standing up and, and, and sending a message to Washington that we as America will not tolerate this type of behavior. On this radio station throughout the week, there's been some chatter uh, and been some conversation about it, Pat. Meant much of that conversation coming from members of the labor community, coming from workers uh, within the community, um, not unsure about the event but perhaps unclear uh, on, on why the event exists so i hope your opening monologue on the show today uh, at least provided an understanding for this because i think the importance of having a big turnout is there and i and i think the other thing joe we we all whenever there's a there's a, a disagreement or misunderstanding we should look in the mirror because part of it is that we're not getting the message you know we may be getting the message better in toledo than we are here in philly you know that, that's a mistake on our part uh, I will tell those folks that are listen. The you know I'm secretary treasurer of the building trades, and the building trades at their executive board meeting a couple of weeks ago uh, th- agreed to be part of this. You know uh, our leader over at the building trades, John Doc, met with folks who who were talking about this issue with the kids, and he was in a hundred percent that we should stand up and defend what uh, defend against what they're doing. So. Our message maybe needs to be a little bit better. Understand that it was only a few, well, not that long ago that the idea came about because labor has been pretty quiet around this issue. And so it's a fast-forward thing that's moving pretty quick. Phone calls are being made. Leaders are lead- reaching out. Uh, we have national unions that uh, presidents are reaching down that are local unions. So it's a message thing. And, and I can understand, and in fairness to those folks who might have called in, maybe they just don't understand what it's about. And, and hopefully... When they get the message from their local leader and get a better understanding, this is about the kids and families. It's not about uh, organizing immigrant workers or, or, or immigrant workers taking our job. That's another issue for another day. I, I have a lot of discussions about that at some point because, um, listen, it's the employers that are doing this. The employers are getting away with murder. The environment we have right now with wages not being raised and rich people getting richer, these employers are able to do any darn thing they want. And and so, uh, you know, should we be angry if somebody is working for less money than what we what we think we've worked for in an area? that? Yeah, absolutely. We have ways of doing that. This is about the kids. This is about the families. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, the President's Hour with President of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll take a break. Back in a moment. I won't participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
presented by Chapman Ford, fueled by our good friends at the Sonesta Hotel uh, and powered by Teladoc, J-Doc, where we will gather with our next uh, Labor Leader Roundtable uh, at the Sonesta. We'll have more details about that as that will kick off our September uh, schedule of the Labor Leader Roundtables. Always a good time, Pat, when we gather, uh, certainly watching J-Doc enjoy his meal uh, at the Sonesta Hotel uh, is an interesting... Well, it's a union uh, meal. It's a union meal, and it's delicious. Brings truth to the statement, uh, oh my goodness, thank God we're doing a radio show, not a television program. (laughs) You got a lot of guts, Krause. A lot of guts. Yeah, listen, he's got to really look great in that bright yellow suit. No doubt about that. Jumpsuit, I don't know about that. Listen, every year at the AFL-CIO, you know, the picnic and 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 the parade that we do down on Delaware Avenue, my union gets a big, gets, our shirts are always white. And this year I made a commitment because I'm, you know, I'm on a diet. I'm not going to look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man this year. I'm going to look. Good, Cross. You're going to eat your words. All right, good. Can't, well, can't wait. Can't wait. Where do you go from there, Pat? <laughs> well, listen. Listen. Even with all that change, there may be a discussion about looking good. I, now, that's in the eyes of the beholder. Oh, oh, oh now I know where this is going. This is getting <laughs> down and don't, dirty. Don't give us all that stuff oh, to work with. Oh my God. We got to got to talk to Joni to get some dirt. We started the program today. A very important discussion. And you heard uh, Pat's monologue. I want to continue the dialogue. Again, the event scheduled ten days out from today. Uh, middle of the week, it's a Wednesday, uh, the 15th. It's going to be uh, towards the end of the day uh, down at Penn's Landing, Pat. So the importance of, you mentioned uh, coming out of that opening break that you were hearing from the national, some national, you were getting national feedback. Um, is it Does that feedback mean there's national support? Absolutely. I, listen, first of all, uh, I, I can't claim the idea was mine. The idea actually came from two national leaders, uh, one being the head of the Painters National Organization and the other one being the head of Unite Here. And this discussion uh, a week ago t- took place at the executive committee meetings, which is you know, the executive committee for the national AFL was made up of all the national presidents and the discussion around it. They, they did use the, uh, the letter that we put out here in Philadelphia to, uh, introduce what was going on and why. And the, uh, the excitement and the, uh, interest in getting a part of this was almost immediate. Uh, we, we got an immediate call at the, at the end of those meetings, uh, last week that, uh, uh, one national union was sending at least five buses here in Philadelphia plus 50 extra people, and that's not counting the local people. The state of New Jersey, the state AFL-CIO of New Jersey, immediately uh, committed in that they're going to be part of it. We expect folks from, you know, uh, mostly in any areas where it can be driven by bus, uh, to Maryland and, and uh, possibly as far as Boston. We don't know yet. But the nationals are, are committed to this. And the mainly reason they got committed, not because it's an organizing drive, it's a about the issue of the kids and the families, and it resonated so deeply with everybody that there was almost no hesitation. You know, as, as we as we here in the labor movement find uh, things to do uh, community-wise, it only enhances the fact that we are part of the community. And, you know, one of the things that we might have been a little bit uh, slow doing is realizing that, because... When we do issues like paycheck, uh, paycheck uh, safety, so, so employers can't steal people's monies, uh, their pay monies, or pay them less than what they're working, we do for something for uh, paid sick leave. We do that collectively with the community. When we've done that in Philadelphia, labor has always stood in city council or wherever the issue was with the community. 
And so this is just where we should be and where we, I think, we should be more often. We should be conscious of what's going on around us. And I think that's why when something like this comes up that's that's so heart-wrenching, that it, it's almost automatic that we should, you know, we should jump to it. And the other issues, and I, you know, I'll just fall back a little bit to us as labor leaders, and I, I put myself in that category. We can't sit back and blame immigrants or other people if we're not out there organizing. You know, uh, there's a drive right now. There's a bit, There's been a load of folks working in hotels here in Philadelphia. And, you know, I'm not proud of that, but here in Philadelphia that are being worked at unconscionable hours, being made to jump around from room to room to clean things up. And by the way, not being represented with collective bargaining and not having uh, benefits. And when they get loans in the Marriott Hotel, it has their own credit union, not the employee's credit union, which we've grown to know. This is the Marriott's credit union. So. You know, I don't, you know, I can't, on the air, I can't accuse them as as paycheck lending. But, you know, think about that for a minute. When our forefathers stood up and and some people got hung up in Pennsylvania because they stood up and uh, defended their families, they were living in company houses. They were buying from company stores. And here it is, the 21st century, and we're borrowing from a company credit union. I'm a little confused by that. And so that's a shot at us in labor. We shouldn't have let that happen. We shouldn't let that happen. And so if this drive comes to to try to elevate those folk, folks who works in Marriott and other union, uh, the other uh, houses around here, hotels that don't have the representative of the union, we should support that issue. And that's how you stop people from taking your job. There's there's all we hear every day in the paper is there's a tremendous need for people, for workers, quality workers, qualified workers in the country, the United States here. And, and so what's happening with that? Uh, I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if immigrant workers are the only one of people that wanted to work out in those farms in the heat. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know where that is. I know that, you know, uh, where I come from, Local 14, we work hard to make sure that we give a fair day's pay, work for a fair day's pay. And that's how we stay competitive. And quite honestly, for a small organization, we've been very competitive. No matter what's changed as far as quality of materials and those things, we're still around the same size we were uh, 25 years ago. But that's because we're out there doing a day's work. And when somebody comes along that we see is doing our work and they're not being represented, we try to represent them. First thing we do is go to those workers and ask them if they want to be represented. So there's a lot more to this than just sitting back and saying, geez, there's a rally for people who are taking our jobs. No, this is about kids and families. And, and there's a, a multitude of things going on that we could to discuss. I mean, the, the fellow from Starbucks who because, you know, he got fired because, and they're trying to say other things, but this just came out. Last week, he got fired because he wanted to have more than 15 minutes lunch, or he wanted to go eat his lunch in his car. And, you know, these things drive up every day, that, that, that the only people who stand up for them, for the most part, are folks with a collective bargaining agreement, and, and, folks and, who represent them. And particularly because people, and we talked about this before, a lunch is not in is in Pennsylvania you you're not required to uh, an employer is not required to p- provide lunch now we we talk about it here because we have collective bargaining agreements that allow us to have a lunch break sometimes a coffee break whatever the point is that guy at Starbucks he's not likely entitled to have any type of lunch to 15 minutes is you know that that he's trying to stand up for himself for that is he's saying is not enough is probably more than they want to give them and so there's no question about it and pat you talk about a lot of the things 
public relations. Some of them union members that called in um, to that other show about the about the immigration, um, you know, the the event that that's going on. They may not have known really. Obviously, you can't you know you can't not support a situation where kids are being taken away and put in cages and stuff like that. So. I'm proud to say that, you know, we have a program here that educates everybody on what we're doing. And we're standing up for people who, again, cannot stand up for themselves. And by the way, Joe, that that uh, situation with the with the Wawa person was in Delaware, where there is a law that they have to have a break. So fortunately, there is. I mean, there's sometimes a misunderstanding about that. But in Delaware, I believe they, they're required to get 30, 30 minutes break when at, not paid, but 30 minutes break. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a break. Continue our dialogue with the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding. We're back in a moment. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades, that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. And so nice last weekend uh, watching Jim Tomey make his uh, speech into the Hall of Fame, uh, taking a moment out the electricians in Philadelphia uh, as part of his Hall of Fame uh, speech. And Pat, you, uh, I thought of that um, moment in time as you referenced the, um, how unions fit into the community in so many different ways. Uh, and I thought that was an example well, uh, of your point. First of all, we, we can't pass that too quickly because what a class guy. Uh, class guy when he played the game. Class guy, obviously, right through. And as we say in the neighborhoods, he's real people. And that's good. But, guys, I, I, gotta, I, I realized that I made a little bit of a mistake in, in a couple names here. The problem that the, uh, developed with the fellow who got fired was a Wawa worker. Uh, what happened at Starbucks is that the Supreme Court has uh, has ruled that the uh, the Starbucks workers are workers; they're not uh, they're not uh, independent contractors, and so that was a that was a whole different ruling. You you, ha- you know you have to forgive me. There's so many things across my desk and uh, uh, that are knowledgeable. They're more knowledge for me to be able to to do the jobs we do. So the the fellow who got fired for wanting to have more than uh, 15 minutes for his lunch was was for Wawa. And then the thing that uh, I did, uh, I shouldn't have referenced at the same time, was that the Starbucks were nailed for uh, 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 not what, what they were doing is actually making making their people work uh, hours and not getting paid for it. And there were, they claimed there was no claim because they weren't workers; they were independent contractors. It, it gets a little bit uh, a little bit confusing. But when when we did the uh, the, the paycheck uh, protection here. Uh, it wasn't necessarily just for somebody not getting enough money for the, the what they were supposed to get, because a lot of people are made afterwards to clean up, uh, do some other odds and ends after their shift stops. So their their hourly rate stops, and they may be made to move chairs around. There's there's all different things that happen that that are they're working and they're not getting paid and. There's no representation, so you have to rely to the law, and the law, you know, the law stops some of those things. And and in Philadelphia, we're fortunate enough to have governance that pays attention, and we had that law passed in Philadelphia, 
and I think I mentioned on another show, we have folks up in Harrisburg who are trying to take that away from Philadelphia. But that and, and you know, paid sick leave and uh, some of the other things, they're, they're issues that folks can't beat themselves. If they had a collective bargaining agreement, that wouldn't happen. But because they don't have that, uh, you know, then they're at will employees. You know, the employer could just let them go, such as the Wawa guy. He he not only made mention that he wanted more time, uh, they found him, to, they, they said he was guilty of telling other people about it. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we do know that there's organizations that have committees that go around when people working for them start even mentioning a union and getting representation those committees come down almost like they land there and uh, start telling them how the world will come to an end if they decide to be union. it's a real interesting things. time right now uh pat in the uh, to be a member of the union in in the last six weeks or however long it's been we had the janice decision we had uh, Senator Bob Casey on this program uh, talking about the right wing referring to unions as cartels. Um, we've had many different examples uh, uh, in the news, uh, J-Doc, that, that you and I constantly talk about during the week that, that pop up. That were, The valets, the African valets who, uh, who parked the cars at Penn. I was storing the Philly.com. Uh, at Penn Medicine, you know, they were they got fired. They said they got fired after trying to organize and, and, and start a union. So, obviously, one of the things that you, you look at when you talk about organized labor, um, you know, some people stereotype us. They, you know, you, you know they, they look at the rat. And it is not pretty sometimes when you, when, when you have to demonstrate and you see a situation. But what you don't realize is that inside that building, people maybe and are likely to be getting taken advantage of. And so... Um, you look at the many things that organized labor gets involved with where they don't really even have, you know, they don't have a card in the game. You know, this this uh, event. That I'd be willing doing. to say that that's more that's that statement's more accurate than they're they're more involved in stuff where they don't have stake in the game. Right. Than being involved in stuff where they do have stake. Pat, you agree? Oh, or not? Uh, listen, most most everything that we stand up for minimum wage. I mean, you know, right, everybody's got a collective bargaining agreement. They should be doing much better than minimum wage along with benefits. But we, we also know that, uh, you know, a, a rising tide hits all people. You you can't exist with people being so poor. I mean, what's happening right now? I'll tell you what's what I find uh, more obvious than the rat anymore, because the rat has become almost commonplace where there's an issue, is the top cats. You know, the top cat thing that the folks have put out there saying, basically saying, listen, the rich are getting richer and wages are stagnant. Even even areas where we have the collective bargaining, you're fighting to maintain in most cases. I mean, we, we know of unions that are signing five-year agreements with no raises just to keep themselves above water because, you know, what's going against them is, is, is these right-wing people. And, you know, unfortunately, look at what's happening in the in the federal workers where, you know, the President Trump makes a decree that they can't they can't practice their union representation on a job anymore. Something they've been doing for many many years. Because that's a right to work atmosphere, you know. So there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of negativity, but there's also a lot of good stuff. You know, the Janice thing came out, and and especially in New York and other places, these public workers are standing up. There's you know the day that the Janice ruling happened across the, the internet, there was a there was a form that workers could sign away from their union was actually reaching out to Koch brothers and those people, sending this stuff out to union members saying, here's how you can get out of your union. Well, let me tell you something. Not only did that have a little effect, very little, 
But it had a counter effect because people were standing up, pushing back on that strongly. In New York, I, you know, you lead, well, you know, the thing in New York, you have a governor that's fighting with the unions in the, in the situation, as we do here in Pennsylvania. But it's, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a movement around. You know, one of the, one of the things that nobody talks about on talk radio or anything else is where there's a relationship with a collective bargaining agreement with an employer and a union, how much more everybody, how much better everybody does, including the employer. And some, you know, especially in our world, the construction world, you get a good employer who's made a good living by being a union contractor. He's going to tell you the best thing he has. He knows he's got workers. He knows he's got quality workers, especially in the construction field. He knows he's going to get somebody who's going to be able to do the job. He also knows that the union won't represent somebody who doesn't do their job. So, you know, there, there's there's a tremendous business balance to having a collective bargaining agreement that's not one-sided you know we're not the bad people that people want to paint us out to be and and, and you know uh, uh, just recently uh, days ago i had a, a leader say to me in an issue he had with a contractor that he was trying to get back on track and he said listen we have a collective bargaining agreement i'll live up to my side you live up to your side you can't get any clearer than that. It's plain. And once you agree, let's live up to it so we don't, you know, we could fight the person who's tearing down our industry, both you, Mr. Employer, and you, Mr. Union, and fight them together instead of uh, fighting each other once we have a collective bargaining. So there's a lot of good about this that people don't want to talk about. I wish, quite honestly, more, more of the employers that I'm familiar with here and around Philadelphia would get up and say something on talk radio because I know darn right well. They don't want to, they don't, there's nothing about a, an open shop that they want to be part of. They want this thing to be the way it is. They've made money. They do good work. And guess what? We have some of the best contractors and the best workers in the country right here in Philadelphia. And that's because of the schools and the education. And, and the thing is, exactly, the apprentice programs that we have with labor, and we talk about it many times, the benefit of being a union contractor is, uh, you, you, you're not going to have, you're not going to be in a situation where you got 10 guys that, 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 that work for you. They've been with you, the typical non-unions scenario. You might have five, 10 guys been working for you. For, you lose two of those guys. If they're your good guys, you got nobody coming behind them with, with our union contractors. And I'm, I'm basically talking about the building trades, but I mean, it goes, you know, when you talk about teachers and all that, you're talking about really educated people. But we spend so much money. The union spends, like the government, on training our workforce so that when you walk by a high-rise building and you see you know, hundreds of people up there, let me tell you something. They all went to three, four-year apprentice school programs. Some, the, the investment in them workers were enough to be a, a, an Ivy League uh, educated individual. And if one of those guys, and it could be your best guy that leaves, you can call the hall and get somebody else uh, just as educated i mean you know it's it's unbelievable so the investment for the for the employer is unbelievable so it's like a partnership they don't have to worry that they're going to lose say they only have a, they're a small contractor or a non-union a, a contractor maybe they're a good paying non-union contractor but if they lose two of those guys they're in huge trouble we don't have that situation in our union community because we invest in our workforce i'm going to put it on the uh Put it on the bulletin board, on the whiteboard, Pat, to uh, as we move into the fall of 2018 and we get much closer to the midterm elections in November, uh, that we try and use this platform to spotlight some of those uh, businesses that have had such great success. I think it's a real, uh, a real great opportunity uh, or, or a fantastic opportunity to be able to shed light uh, on, on a part of the story that uh, often uh, is not told. We'll get to a commercial break here on Talk Radio 1210. 
WPHT. Uh, when we come back, uh, already, it's our final segment with the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Hiding, back in a moment. I've been coming out of stuff with them guys, okay? And mm-hmm. I was treasured a Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and it hasn't, like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm-hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business. And back here alive on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Quick reminder, already the 31st annual Tri-State Labor Day Parade and Family Celebration uh, is on the calendar for Monday, September 3rd. Oh, my. I can't believe it, Pat, but it is now in full. It is now in full focus. Well, if you if you check with the gang I have working here, they they know it's close because they've been working their head off with this thing, and uh, it's it's turned it's turned itself into a, a great day. Uh, but again, you know, uh, hats off to my staff here because th- these days don't come about without that group. It's not it's not me and and uh, my mouth and doing any of the work. It's all stuff that has to be done, and we have great support. I mean the 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 party at the end of the of the parade is sponsored by a lot of good people who care about us, uh, business people and and other folks. Uh, it's it's an interesting labor of love in some ways that the, you know Joan Joni Bernard uh, uh, she rolls she rolls I guess uh, as soon as summer starts she's got her head full full steam talking to people about sponsoring the Labor Day. And and we don't have sponsors in the Labor Day parade itself because that's all labor. There's over 60 unions the last couple of years that marched. Uh, that's that's a credit to the labor movement here in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, we took, uh, you know, 16, 17 years ago, we, we took a, an event that was starting to get a little quiet, uh, talked about it, brought our board together, put our heads together so what do we want to do this is our day this is labor's day and the outcome of that was what we have now and 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 uh, there's some great labor day parades around the country i i think ours is bordering on being great it's uh it's it's so well attended by almost every kinds of union you can think of here in philly and as we've said here before we have over a hundred in our council. Some folks from Bucks County and other counties, and some folks from Jersey come over. But uh, it's a great day, and uh, y- you know, um, when you think about what we're going to do on the fifteenth for families, it's that same kind of energy I want to see that day that we have for Labor Day, because you know, working people are working people, and. Uh, I don't care what color, what size, what shape, female, male, I don't care. They're working people or they're people who want a job. And I think they come in the same category. We we should we should look at them all and represent them all. And so I want to take that energy that we're starting to build up for Labor Day and, and it'll be a great day. Uh, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to start on the 15th. I want that energy. I want those folks who who aren't quite understanding what we're doing on the 15th for families and kids to put that same thought process in we're doing on Labor Day uh, to show the world that labor's together. We care. We care who gets elected to the White House. We care who gets the, to be the governor of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, all of them. It's a caring thing. And by the way, along the way, uh, I know myself and my staff and many other leaders, we sit down on a regular basis, whether it be on boards or committees, with a lot of corporation, corporate people, a lot of industrial people, a lot of employers, and a lot of politicians 
to make this city the great city that it can, is, but that can be better. And I, I don't want to sound like this president of the White House about making the city great again. This city, in my opinion, has always been the greatest city in the country. Philadelphia is. Uh, no disrespect to my brethren out there, but Philadelphia is my city. And I think that when we come together, as we do on a regular basis, we're all coming to that same end to make it better, make it better for people who live here and people who work here. And, uh, you know, we should keep that in mind when we come out on the 15th for families that, that, that should stay and, and hopefully will be together again. Yeah, I mean, funny, Pat, that's a great word, family. Um, when, you, when you talk about the Labor Day parade uh, and, and, and you look at the event that, you know, on the 15th, one of the great parts of the whole situation is is family. Um, when you talk about the end of the parade, where you know, so that you know, there's a, a nice little rally, in, you know, inside the sheet metal hall. Then it goes outside, and then and then you get the um, our labor leadership um, and political leaders have speak to our. Our, our, our union members, and we get to march up the our Avenue, Christopher Columbus Boulevard, and then we have a family celebration, and it's an unbelievable opportunity opportunity for everybody to kind of hang out together. It's almost like a rebirth for the year. We all get to spend time together uh, in the labor community. Well, um, we're fighting for families on October fifth. I mean, I apologize on on August fifteenth. We're fighting for those. Imagine that, that, you know, and there's so many kids and, and everybody brings everybody at the, at the Labor Day Parade. Well, it's kind of, there's a synergy here because we're fighting for those people who are getting their kids taken away from them. And a lot of them people, okay, they're, you know, they're, they're crossing the border. What? Guess what? Some of them are in such bad situations, and this is a complicated issue. We're not getting into it. But the point is, they say, well, what was I supposed to do? I was coming from a terrible situation. Like Pat said, don't take the kids. Don't do it like that. We get the opportunity to spend time with our families uh, on Labor Day. It's a great experience. We're offering, you know, we're fighting for other people to, and their families and their children on the 15th. And the 15th, again, that event, just to bring some clarity back in uh, to it, that event is 10 days from today, from tonight, uh, on Wednesday the 15th, Pat, uh, 4 p.m. Uh, there'll be some political power there, I guess, as well. Uh, do you anticipate well, that? I would expect, well, the mayor will be there because, you know, the mayor cares about people like this. And, and uh, you know, if the, if the governor's free, he's invited. Uh, we don't. We are not looking for a lot of politicians. Uh, we we feel that the governor, the mayor, the governor, and Senator Casey, if they're available, we'd love to have them. We want some of these leaders that are coming from other other unions to to, uh, to speak. We'll have a stage at the Great Plaza. Uh, we're going to have some folks here, as we said, from other states and from all around. And we're going to have. We'll probably have some kids up there, kids of families, and uh, we may have some workers who can relate to some of these families. They may be relatives of theirs and. You know, in the industries that we're in, where we have folks who are not immigrants coming across the border, but they were immigrants, like my mother and my mother, excuse me, my grandparents were, and other immigrants that are working every day. And if they're working, we should represent them, and we should make sure that they're being treated properly. And and so, uh, you know, uh, that that isn't that far fetched from what we do every day. And if if you look at the folks who are working in these in these hotels that are not being treated fairly uh they come from all kinds of backgrounds they they look like me and you they look like uh, they some are african-american some are hispanic they're, you know they're but a lot of them are women that get beat up because they're tough jobs they're throwing mattresses around and stuff like that it's working people and it doesn't matter i don't i get embarrassed even trying to describe they're working people i don't care what they look like or who they are they're female or male they're working people and we should we should stand up for them as we do you know labor day 
But the other part of it, the family part of it, we can't say it enough. Folks who don't understand, talk to your leader. Uh, give, a, give a call to your union office and find out what the 15th is about. Uh, and I think when, when you hear from your people, you'll know it's a good thing that we're doing. And it's good for the world to know that labor cares about other people. Jay Doc, I'll give you uh, 30 seconds. Couldn't say it better. Pat, ta- <clears throat> talking about labor standing up for all people, whether you have a collective bargaining agreement or not, um, whether you're, you're working in a hotel. He, you know, And that's one of the amazing things about organized labor that people don't give an opportunity and don't understand about. It. Just look at this rally that's coming up. It's, it's for people that um, are not, you know, you're talking about it's not even a union-related issue. It's a human related issue. A uh, little shout out uh, uh, and Pat, I'd like you to ask Kevin Boyle over at Ironworker Circle 41 if this year's parade, if we can have dark blue shirts and, and or black shirts, something that, until, at least until I lose the 30 pounds. J-Duck, you must always be in yellow. And at one time we had big, wait a minute, we had these, we had these orange shirts and I'm like, this is just ridiculous. And, and Joe, rally, not rally, workers standing for families. That's right. Alright, good right stuff on. and a special thanks to the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, for uh, being with us, uh, a doubleheader back-to-back here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for our show here on a Saturday night. On behalf of J-Doc, on behalf of Pat Eining, and on behalf of all of our listeners and all of our supporters. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.